Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. She is a writer, an investment expert, uh, an environmental expert, an all-around wonderful person. Welcome to the show, uh, Natalie. Ah, that's quite a bio there. Thank you so much, Jordan. It's great to be here, as always. Love talking to you. Very engaging. For people who haven't heard before, just give us a brief history of kind of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so real quickly in the dot-com recession, I was, uh, you know, developing modern portfolio theory and overbalancing safe when you see that uh, things are elevated and stocks are really elevated then, and so was leverage. And um, I earned gains. I almost tripled my money during that recession when most of the people in Santa Monica, which is where I live, uh, a lot of the women, they said their brokers and their husbands lost um, all their money. Now, as we know, NASDAQ dropped up to 78% and took 15 years to crawl back to even. So they were really keen on me teaching them what I knew. And so I began assiduously developing it into a system showed that system to Nobel Prize winning um, economist Gary Becker in 2004, and then he agreed to write the foreword um, to my book. And the wonderful thing is that we got this information out to folks. As you know, we both shared the Harbecker stage, and we were able to save a lot of nest eggs during the Great Recession. So, it, and I do want to say also that this particular pie chart, we call it easy as a pie chart system, um, you know, it actually adds performance too. So you can, people earned gains in the dot-com and the Great Recession, but they also outperform the bull markets in between it. It's not trading. It's really having a good, pl- like most things in life, if you have a good plan and you just rebalance it once, twice, or three times a year, you're going to be in great shape. And I think that's the the message I hope that your listeners take from this uh, conversation we have today is that right now is when you really want to know what you own. You want to make sure that you know what you own rather than having blind faith that somebody else is protecting your wealth for you. I do a lot of uh, what I call unbiased second opinions because as you stated, I'm on the education side. I don't manage money for people. And um, what I hear people hearing from their financial professionals, um, you know, they're, they're just not always telling them the truth. As an example, one person told her financial professional that she was very risk averse. And when I took a look at her portfolio, she was 87% in equities. Jordan, you and I both know that's not a risk averse plan. No, not at all. Very good. Uh, let's kind of start a broad view of the economy here. We just over the weekend... Uh, avoid a government shutdown at the last possible minute, as they always do. Uh, The Fed Reserve has been raising interest rates dramatically. Uh, In general, the stock market has had a pretty good year. It's been a little rocky lately, but, I mean, it's been a lot better than people thought. Um, Can I give us a a broad sense of where you see the U.S. economy going these days? Yeah, so, and again, what I try to do is really do deep dives on the data and rely upon the experts and then try to distill that for normal people to understand, right? So I think that the takeaway should be this. The economy is deliberately being slowed down by these high interest rates in order to tame inflation. Inflation has certainly come down from where it was last year, but it's still too high, right? So what we need to understand is that the there is a deliberate attempt to slow the economy down, and that attempt is going to keep being the main focus until inflation feels like it's tamed. 
And uh, again, it's come down a lot from where it was last year, but it's still too high. So what does that mean for normal people? Well, the other side of the equation is that a lot of people don't understand that there's two there's still duration risk and credit risk in bonds. So there's not as much interest rate risk. What does that mean for the normal person? It means that, and a lot of you may not know this, long-term bonds lost more money, more value than stocks did last year. So you really have to know what you own on the safe side. Now, you know, we've also gotten a little bit complacent because we had the bank failures in March. And since then, the Fed set up a facility to kind of help banks so that they, we wouldn't have more failures. But, you know, I do think that getting safe is tricky, um, again, due to the duration risk and the credit yeah. risk. And by the way, can, if I can, and then let's go on to your next question, yeah. over half of the S&P 500 is at or near junk bond status. And that includes a lot of banks. I'm gonna read off a few of the banks that are at BBB. Wells Fargo, American Express, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, Capital One, Discover. Wow. That's not all of them. Yeah. yeah. So now that you're saying what happened back in March with Silicon Valley Bank and First Republic um, is, is not the end, but other banks could be in similar situations where they have their long-term yeah assets and bonds that have gone down in value and mortgages and their short-term liabilities are going up and what they have to pay on deposits, the same squeeze that happened then could happen to other banks, you're saying? Well, the feds have set up a facility to make that unlikely this year, but it's only for one year. So it's unlikely to happen this year. But I think as importantly, those same assets that sank banks where we're supposed to have financial professionals that know better, right? No. In many of our own uh, our own portfolios on the safe side, right? So we yeah. think we're safe, but we have these things. And by the way, we don't know how to do you know all of the leverage and the um, you know options and all of the other things that the professionals are supposed to know how to do to offset the risk of that. Yeah. So like okay. our safe side isn't supposed to lose money. Let's talk about the Federal Reserve. They've raised rates eleven times. The last time they paused. Do you think they're going to raise again in November and will that be the last one or do you think they could potentially raise even more after one more? Well, according to their own SCP, so their own projections, there could be one more rate hike either in November or December. So the, the average is that they're expecting one more rate hike this year and that there will not be a rate cut. And, and I think that Lizanne Saunders, she's the chief investment strategist of uh, Schwab. And yeah. she said, look, the only way that they start cutting rates is if the economy really hits serious headwinds and it's going to be, you know, feel we're all feeling it like we're all feeling it from inflation. But what if, uh, you know, uh, joblessness and all of that sort of thing starts really playing it? As you know, we're going to talk about student loans have to start being repaid. So, right. you know, if the pain gets too severe, that's when they cut the rates. So it's almost like the, you know, the medicine everybody is looking for, you don't want to necessarily be that sick, you know? Yeah. So you don't think that's likely to happen. The latest numbers, uh, growth in the second quarter was 2.1%, which is probably still growing in the third quarter, maybe at a slower pace. But we're, we're clearly not in the case where the economy is really sick and needs rate cuts at this point. So you're thinking you're going to make more increase, interest rate increase, and then kind of keep it that way for a year or so. Is that your kind of outlook? 
That And again, it's not my outlook. I'm just going by what they're saying. So, you know, they say that they do look at the numbers and that everything is subject to change, right? But in their SEP, their summary of economic projections, there is a potentially another rate hike in November or December of this year. No rate cuts until uh, potentially end of next year. So what people are saying is lately there's been a lot of inflationary pressures. These wage increases. I mean, what happened with UPS and Eventually, the UAW is going to get settled for some 20% plus wage increases. Uh, Kaiser Permanente is going out to the the, uh, hotel workers in Las Vegas. There's a lot of strikes going on. That means higher wages all over the place. Oil prices, well over $90 a barrel, maybe on their way to 100. So there are some inflationary pressures here that haven't really been fully expressed yet. And they're going to say that's going to make it hard for the Fed to uh, stop raising rates or certainly keep them higher for longer. Yeah, and I think that what a lot of people, again, if you really want to dive into Fed minutes and start understanding macroeconomics, which are, as uh, um, Andrew Lowe, who's a famous MIT economist, always says, in physics, there are three laws that explain about 90% of what happens in the natural world. And in economics, particularly at macroeconomics, there are about 90 laws that explain about 3% of what happens in the world. So what I would say is, um, you know, just be careful of trying to get too, uh, you know, swallowed up in the minutia. Don't get paralysis by overanalysis. We really have an easy as a pie chart system that allows you to, you know, that protects you from the bear market so that you can get safe. We talk one full day about what's safe in our retreats because it's tricky. And then you also have equities. Most of us, it's gonna be better for us to have funds than individual stocks. And again, it's easy as a pie chart and you rebalance it once a year. When we try to go too far into the minutia, especially if we're really not well trained there, um, and there's so many moving parts. But just a, a quick thing on the, the, the impetuses for the Fed. What they're saying is, A, they are likely to have another rate hike this year. And this was before um, oil prices went back up uh, and before the strikes. That was already built in there. But the other thing, too, is that because of the trouble in the banks, banks usually stop lending as much as robustly. And that drags the economy back to that plays against inflation. So it's not just about hiking interest rates that can actually start taming inflation and slowing the economy down. So they kind of have to watch all of it. It's about tightening credit. Uh, before we take a break, just tell us you have an empowerment uh, retreat coming up. Tell us a little bit about that and uh, how people can find out more and where it's located. Yeah, it's online, so you can attend in your living room in your pajamas if you wish. It's October 7th through the 9th. It's going to be 8 to 4 Pacific, so that's 11 to 7 Eastern. Go to nataliepace.com. You'll see a big banner ad that talks about the retreat. It lists 15 things you're going to learn. All of our, well, not all of our testimonials, but many of our testimonials. And Jordan, I wanted to do a little raffle with your listeners. And so if anybody will email info at nataliepace.com and say sweepstakes Jordan Goodman, then we'll enter you in a raffle for a free seat at the retreat. That'd be terrific. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Uh, She is an author. Uh, stock picker, uh, educator, uh, environmentalist. She has many different hats and a wonderful person as well. Uh, You can find out more at her website, nataliepace.com, 
and also find out about her upcoming empowerment seminar we just talked about. We'll be back after this. Folks, we're teetering on the brink of an economic meltdown that's threatening to wash away your savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Prices are spiraling out of control. Our money buys less and less, and Americans are incurring more debt just to stay afloat. Your budget expenses, you have to be very careful about them because each trip to the grocery store feels like a wallet-pinching experience. Gasoline prices are spiking, and your monthly bills are escalating. This is what inflation is, that silent evil force that eats away at your wallet and purchasing power. Basic necessities are now unattainable luxuries. And when prices spiral out of control, they not only disrupt your ability to live day to day, they jeopardize your savings and retirement. Know this, as your living expenses rise higher than income, your retirement savings can generate, you will eventually run out of money. Don't let this happen. Protect your retirement with gold. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family. It's a safe haven investment that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. Take it from me, it's just financially smart for all of us to diversify our retirement accounts with gold and protect what we work so hard for. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, I would trust the best, my friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithgoodman.com today. That's protectwithgoodman.com. Or you can give them a call at 844-790-9191 and speak with one of their experts. They'll answer all your questions and help you get started on the path to a more secure and prosperous retirement. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold today by visiting protectwithgoodman.com or calling 844-790-9191. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's gonna be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is gonna be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not gonna be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner, earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. 
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. She's an investment expert, an educator, an environmentalist, and all-around wonderful person. Her website is nataliepace.com. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Thank you. Very hot topic these days is artificial intelligence, both as how it's going to change our lives in the workplace and also yeah. as an investment thesis. What is your assessment of where artificial intelligence is going and how can one invest to, to benefit from it and not be hurt by it? Yeah, I think that's the key here, right? Like when you think about it, it's kind of like what happened with the internet. The possibilities are absolutely everywhere, right? Uh, one, I heard one expert say, it's kind of like, think about it as remodeling every single room. So everybody that has any technology at all, which is everybody right now, they are looking for ways that they can add artificial intelligence. And the reason I say looking for rather than adding is that it's obviously something where people are having to queue up. And obviously, uh, companies like Amazon, Google, Microsoft, you know, they're first in line to get the chips that are needed for the artificial intelligence, whereas the startups where all the innovation occurs, they're having real trouble accessing the chips that they need. So I think people should be understanding that. That kind of thing is what happened with the internet, right? And that tends to happen in the first wave of a major innovation is that you have something that's super hot, it's gonna be an absolute staple of the future, but in between now and there, there's a lot of hiccups. Like, yeah, I remember uh, we talked about this before, you know, we were talking about how everybody was gonna be shopping online and in the future and that sort of thing when the internet first launched. And yet if you tried to put something into your shopping cart, your dial-up connection dropped. And so yep. you really had to go to the brick and mortar. So that's the way to kind of think of it is that there is going to be this great rush. Everybody wants artificial intelligence, but all of the pieces of the puzzle are, are not there yet. And specifically because of supply chain, because production hasn't ramped up yet. And so there can be a bust after that first wave. And then it tends to be when it becomes part of the household. So I just would say, as you said, um, is that you don't want to have a plan that's just, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to hold it forever. And that's going to be great because, um, you know, you could go through a very long period where it's not great, even though it is going to be absolutely a part of our future. So what we were saying, and we can talk about NVIDIA is obviously the leader yeah. in that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so NVIDIA, as an example, right, the company had uh, less than $4 billion, about $4.4 .4 billion in net income last year. Its current market value is uh, $1 trillion. We'd all love a business that could be able to do that. Needless to say, it's greatly overvalued. And they have about 22% of their sales in China and about 25% in Taiwan. There's a little bit of a risk there. They even talk about it. So, um, again, you know, you don't want to buy a company today based on what you think it might be valued three or four years from now, especially in the kind of economy that we've got. What is a better idea 
there are funds. I mean, you could do NVIDIA if you want, but I would suggest that everybody is capable of producing the kind of AI chips or not everybody, but certainly Google is doing it, um, advanced micro devices. So there are other companies. So if you want to invest in artificial intelligence, we say, why not add a hot slice to your equity side, the at-risk side? Um, iShares has an artificial intelligence ETF called IRBO, and there's also TechB, T-E-C-B. So if you add those hot slices in there and you're rebalancing, when they go super high and one slice becomes four slices, sell high and trim it back to a slice. And that way, if we do hit a time where for whatever reason, whether it's chip wars with China, supply chain issues or competition heats up, that um, the prices go way down, then you can buy more at a lower price. So again, that pie chart system with regular rebalancing that we have been promoting since 1999, that works really, really well because it prompts you to do what you're supposed to do, which is to trim high and add low. Yeah. So how is artificial intelligence going to affect the workplace? I mean, obviously the writers and actors have yeah. been concerned that they're going to be replaced by machines, not totally, but partially. And a lot of other people are worried about this. I mean, is this going to be a net loser or creator of jobs, artificial intelligence? Well, I mean, technology always makes productivity you know, better, which is better for the economy. But um, yeah, I mean, we do see that, you know, even in the US, right? Like if you look at the amount of people that are actually choosing not to work right now, it's higher than it might've been, you know, 30 years ago when everybody would have a job at the manufacturing factory. So, um, you know, in one sense it can improve productivity and in another sense it could take away jobs. But I think that if you look, take a look at the performance of Elon Musk's robot trying to do yoga, you get a sense of why, or even if you read one of those chat GPT stories, you'll get a sense of the reason why robots don't replace humans. You know what I mean? Like they don't do what we do well. But uh, getting better, and I mean, they can do some of the things. Certainly, I mean, that uh, ETF you mentioned, ARBO, is uh, robotics as well as artificial intelligence, right? So, yeah, IRBO, yeah. R robots are getting better as well. I mean, we're not all the way there yet, but. They're making really big progress in a lot of different areas. I just think a lot of people are really concerned that their jobs may be, uh, you know, taken over by computers one way or at least lessened dramatic. I mean, like writers, for example, uh, writing movies or ad scripts or yeah. uh, plays or something like that. I mean, artificial intelligence has all of human knowledge so far loaded up in it. <laughs> so, it, you know. Yeah. It, it, it's well, I, I, I just I kind of study history and humans and that sort of thing. And honestly, it, the truth is that people have been afraid of robots taking their jobs since yeah. the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. And so every time there's a new product innovation, they get afraid of it. And I would just say that, you know, yeah, they do. They are capable of doing a lot of the rote skills and the rote tasks. Yeah. They aren't capable, at least yet. And of course, they're saying, oh, well, they're doing learning, machine learning and all this. So they are trying to push it that way. They, are, they don't have the beautiful creative mind that humans do. Yeah. All right. Let's go to another topic, which is the U.S. credit rating. Now, in, uh, <laughs> the Fitch downgraded it. We just had this drama over the weekend about almost closing the government down again. It was saved at the last second. Yeah. By, 
What is your long-term view of the U.S. credit? We're, our debt is like 6% of GDP. Uh, the amount of interest we're paying is obviously much more than it was before. Are you concerned about the long-term credit rating of the U.S.? Um, I'm not as concerned. Look, the long-term, in terms of the credit rating, we're AA plus Fitch, AA plus Standard & Poor's, and we're still AAA with Moody's, right? But I think what this means is that it, let's let's take it down to the household, right? In terms of uh, rather than go keep going macro with it, what is how does this mean to you? Because it was almost a non-event, right? Like when Standard and Poor's downgraded us in 2011, the markets dropped, gold soared. Um, that didn't happen with this one. Yeah. Most people didn't even know that it occurred. It happened on August 1st. Uh, Wall Street ignored it. They already knew it was coming. So what I would say is this, there's twofold. First of all, again, we have to hit the gas on knowing what we own, knowing what we own on the safe side, because there's so much credit and duration risk in bonds, both long-term long -term government bonds lost more than stocks did last year. They lost 26%. I've already said this, but what does that mean to you? You better know what you own on the safe side. What, is, what does it also mean? Uh, we are doing a uh, value fund replacement. So in our at-risk side, we always do small, medium, large value and grows for HOTS. So we have 10 funds that get you diversified. You don't need more, you don't need less. But on the value funds, because of the credit risk, we are putting, we're suggesting that people look outside the U.S. for other countries potentially. So Australia, AAA rating. The banks are rated higher than U.S. banks, and the yield is double of what you'd get on the same kind of fund in the U.S. So there are ways that you can actually benefit from understanding the credit risk. Does that mean, look, the U.S. still is, you know, the largest developed world economy. We still have, you know, people that innovate things. You know, artificial intelligence is innovated here. Uh, the Internet was invented here. You know, we still are really a land of innovators. And um, so I, I'm at heart, I think that we have great things here, but we definitely have too much debt. And yeah. that provides us opportunity for a better yield high and even higher quality in other countries selectively. You're talking about the safe side. Are you saying people should put money into shorter term treasury bills instead of longer term Treasury bonds, yes. market funds, where, where should people keep their safe money these days? Well, I would say in general, you want to keep the, sh uh, the terms short and the uh, credit worthiness high. And um, within that, even like if you have FDIC insured, like you get you get pretty good yield on a CD that's FDIC insured. You get a better yield on a three month, one year or two year treasury bill than you do on a 30 year treasury bill. So you're still not being paid to take on the risk of the term and the, the duration term and the credit. So I would say, you know, it's not forever. But right now I would keep the term short and the credit worthiness high. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Her website is nataliepace.com. She has an online empowerment workshop coming up in about a week or so. You can find out more at nataliepace.com. And we'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace, educator, investment expert, uh, environmentalist, and all-around helpful person. Her website is nataliepace.com. We can find out about her upcoming uh, online uh, empowerment seminar. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Thank you. So we have what you call the 10 wealth secrets of billionaires. We're just going to kind of briefly go through those and explain how these things can make you a billionaire. The first one is education is the highest correlating factor with income. Is yeah. That, yeah, explain that a little bit further. Yeah, so I mean, it it kind of makes sense if you think about it that a surgeon is going to make more money than a gardener or most chefs, right? Unless you become super famous. But it also works in terms of financial education. So, you know, as you know, I go around the world. I have, you know, friends all over the world really now that are very high net worth. And the one thing that really separates them, especially the Europeans from the Americans and especially high net worth from Main Street is financial education. So their kids are really educated on how to manage money. They oftentimes have money and foundations and answer to a board rather than just being able to burn through, you know, whatever money that their parents might have or wealth their parents might have accumulated. So um, another thing, though, I think is, is really important because everybody in the U.S. right now is pushed so hard to go to college. First of all, college is not the right course for everybody. Um, it, it, it certainly can be helpful in increasing your income and making sure that you're employable, but it is not the right course for everybody. And secondly, and this I know both from the way I got my degree from USC and also the way my son got his degree from Parsons and the new school in New York, is that you can actually, with a carefully designed plan, get a better degree for half the cost. So you really want to be reading and parents start when your kids are born. The ABCs of Money for College. Um, actually, a MacArthur Genius Award-winning economist from the University of Chicago wrote the foreword. 
And he was like, look, this is for everybody, even the person that doesn't have parents who can put into a college fund. But certainly if you can put into a college fund, that's going to be helpful too. So there's all kinds of tips, including how to figure out what's the right path for you. What would you um, suggest for people who are having to start to pay on their student loans now, which they have not had to do for the last three years? It can be two, three, four, five hundred dollars a month. And it's really taking a bite out of their budget. What would you suggest for those people? Yeah, I would say is that, first of all, we have, and I have a Thrive Budget uh, web app. So email info at nataliepace.com for that free, free Thrive Budget web app. It's also discussed in the ABCs of Money 5th edition. So what you really have to do is not just say, okay, now I have to pay this, so I got to put food on credit cards. And for a lot of people, that's really what's happening right now is that inflation is so hot. And now that they have to pay their student loans and they may have bought a house and they commuting because they moved out to the boonies in order to buy that house, is that you really want to, at this moment with this new bill, you got to redo your budget. And you're going to have to get creative and you're going to have to uh, really fix the big ticket items. So a lot of people think, oh, well, I can cut out cafe lattes or avocado toast. And honestly, you're probably going to be in real trouble if that's your solution. So I would say is that you got to get really courageous and brave about the Thrive budget. And that is going to mean taking a hard look at the big ticket expenditures in order to do this. And it should be a fair warning for any parent or any college student who, you know, um, yet at, is, is in the throes of this, is that, you know, you go into college thinking, oh, I want the college experience and I'm going to get the highest score I can and then go to whichever university is going to accept me and then I'll figure it out on the other end because it's going to be so much fun. But when you come out without two, three hundred or $500 loan payment at the end of it all, it's, it's not that much fun. So yeah. I think it's a far better idea for us to get crafty about planning our college experience to be something that includes what it's costing, the best route for us to get a better degree for half the cost, and all of the ways that we can come out on the other end appreciating the college experience instead of saying that that wasn't worth it. Now my life is destroyed. Yeah. Number two is investing is the key to wealth. Now, a lot of people don't invest. They just, they're too afraid. They don't know much about it. So they're really missing yeah. what you're saying. They really are. And I want to say this, Peter Thiel has reportedly $5 billion in his Roth IRA. So I want to say not just investing, investing in tax protected retirement plans. So um, let's, here's the statistics. And I know you know this, Jordan, but um, a lot of your listeners may not know it. So if you put 10% of your income into a tax-protected retirement account, and that earns a 10% gain, you'll have more money in your retirement account than you earn in seven and a half years. Your money will make more than you make in 25 years. And it, honestly, even if you were only making 40, that's uh, $40,000 a year, and we're putting in $4,000 every single year, you know, if you did that, and you did not invest, it would be in the hundreds of thousands at the end of 40 years. If you invested it, it would be worth over $2 million. So again, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, we're not getting a 10% return. But the truth is that stocks have gotten higher than 10% over the past 30 years. And in a normal world, bonds do too. So it's not uh, abnormal over the long term to have a 10% return. 
Number three is never confuse a bull market with wisdom. I mean, we've had a bull market this year, so a lot of people are feeling pretty smart, I guess. Well, also, Jordan, we've had a secular bull market since the Great Recession because pandemic went way down. It went down 35 percent and then it popped right back up. Right. Because we printed up uh, five trillion dollars. So I think that people get very complacent in that and they say, oh, well, I should just buy and hold. And they forget that, you know, a hundred a million dollars went down to four hundred fifty thousand dollars in the Great Recession. It took sub, almost seven years to come back to even. In the meantime, your credit score is, is really bad. You might lose your home. It can be hell, right? In the dot-com recession, NASDAQ stocks lost 78%. That means a million dollars went to $220,000. So especially as we get closer to retirement, you can't afford to have those kinds of losses, especially when getting safe, protected, hot, and diversified is literally easy as a pie chart. Modern portfolio theory has been kind of, like everybody says it, but they do lip service and they don't really include it in the system, right? So I think it's just really important that when everything's going up, you can, you know, in the dark conversation, sadly, they'd say you could be a monkey throwing, you know, darts at a board and make money. So everybody makes money when the markets go up and most people lose when the markets go down, including managed plans. So again, you got to get an unbiased second opinion, even if your plan is got a, a professional management and even if you're happy with the returns. Yeah. Step number four is stop making everyone else rich. How do you mean by that? Yeah. Yes, because and that's what we're talking about, about even how to fix that student loan payment that's going to start up in October is that you now have to, if you were super rich, right? Like, think about it for a moment. Do you think that um, the Duke, uh, I'm sorry, the Prince of Wales, we call we know him as Prince William, he didn't buy any of the houses that he lives in, right? And yet, you know, a lot of us think, oh, well, our kids have to go and buy their own house. So we got to stop thinking about more family wealth, how to stop making landlords rich. Um, for people who are healthy, and spending an arm and a leg on health insurance, sometimes you can save $10,000, $20,000 a year. You can start building up your own health uh, savings account. You get a tax credit. You still have health insurance. It's just uh, what they would call catastrophic with a high deductible. But if you are healthy and you're building up that um, health savings account, it becomes like a retirement account. It can compound gains. Uh, you can invest it. I would seriously recommend that you get at least three or four years of your deductible in there before you start investing. But there's all kinds of ways that legal, smart strategies that are employed by high net worth individuals, but are little known to Main Street can be employed. Your next one is to lower your tax burden. Do you think high income people have all the accountants and so on that they how can the average person, particularly now that the standard deduction is higher, a lot of people don't itemize, how can the average person lower their tax burden? Well, one of the ways would be in the health savings account, right? So that does it. Um, a lot of people do get a little bit of a break on, you know, whatever interest they pay on their primary home can lower their tax burden. So, um, you know, charitable contributions can lower your tax burden. So it, it, you're right. There are different, you know, uh, categories of where you are, where you might be, and maybe it doesn't make as much sense. But understanding that tax laws change uh, year to year, 
They really, do, this is one thing that they're constantly doing. As another thing too, um, right now you get 30% tax credit for energy efficiency upgrades, for solar panels, for solar water heaters. You may even get it if you were putting in a gray water system. So mm -hmm. I would just start looking for all of the ways that, and again, that's another one in the stop making everybody else rich category. Most of us are spending thousands of dollars a year on utility bill. And if you are a homeowner and you're paying a water bill, that or more. So, you know, some people, even they don't replace all their, their plumbing with a gray water system, they'll even just put, um, you know, a hose from their washing machine to water their plants. You know, yeah. you just have to use a, a clean laundry detergent. But there are all kinds of, again, we want to get smart about, Instead of letting money fly out the window, we want to keep the money in the family. We want to stop making everybody else rich. And part what, of that is the tax man. Uh, billionaires sell insurance, don't buy insurance. So I guess you're talking about Warren Buffett there. But what, what, <laughs> how is it that billionaires, I mean, most people are not going to be in a position to sell insurance. So how can that help people? Yeah. So what I would say is that a lot of people don't understand that as you get older, Oftentimes, either the uh, the life insurance plan, it might be a term plan that ends, or it might be something where the benefits go down and the premiums really escalate. So I knew somebody and she had, you know, she was banking on a million dollar life insurance plan. She was actually 20 years younger than her husband. So that was a, uh, what she thought was a good deal. He became 80. His million dollar plan was reduced to $250,000. They were paying $20,000 a year and he lived until the age of 90. So they were essentially paying more to keep this smaller life insurance policy alive than it was valued at. Crazy. So I, yes. And so, you know, if you think about what that other equation we talked about before, where if you're putting 10% of your salary into tax protected accounts, and also, by the way, into maybe college savings accounts or even dependent IRAs for your kids. And, you know, thinking about that or thinking about ways that instead of making the landlord rich, that you can actually own the home, whether it's an ADU or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I would just say try to think more about intergenerational wealth. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. And my guest this hour is Natalie Pace. She's an investment expert. She's, she can speak on many different topics, as you can see. You can find out more at her website, nataliepace.com, including an upcoming empowerment retreat that'll be available in about a week or so online. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24 7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. 
There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour, Natalie Pace, is an investment expert. She speaks about many different topics. In fact, this coming weekend, October 7th through 9th, she's going to have an empowerment seminar, uh, eight hours a day with a break. and you can find out more and sign up for it at nataliepace.com. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Thank you. We're talking about our 10 billionaire tips here. And uh, the, the eighth one is stop making ExxonMobil and the automakers rich. How can one do that? Well, I'll tell you a secret. I actually gave up my car about three years ago. And in LA is definitely car culture. So I had hung on to it. I used to spend more um, housing my car when I would go on, you know, because I have to travel quite a lot than most people spend on rent or back in the day. Now, of course, rent's absolutely crazy. But if I can do it in LA, anybody can. So I would just say uh, you don't have to be someone who doesn't have a car, but you should rethink it, right? And should you be someone that should be thinking more about riding a bike, walking, and public transportation? Um, or is that right for you? Obviously, if you live in the boonies, that's not going to be the right choice. Then the, the answer might be, should I have an electric vehicle that I power with my own solar? So I would just start to rethink uh, what kind of transportation method that I think that I have to do. We kind of get stuck in a rut and in a habit. And Jordan, you spend over $8,000 a year, sometimes a lot more than that, just owning one car. The mayor of Santa Monica, who I spoke to a few years ago, he had a family of four. They had five bikes and one car, and he was spending about half as much. And that includes, you know, occasionally you are going to rent a car to go out of town for the week or whatever. In fact, I'm going to be going to Arizona. I'm going to rent a car for the week, right? This is still far less expensive than that 8000 on average or more per year that everybody spends owning owning a car. Now I understand that some people are going to have to own a car. I'm just saying think don't think of these things as just bills that you have to have. Is there a way that I can stop paying, you know, 6 or 7 dollars a gallon for gasoline? Is there a way that um, you know, our our car insurance, our car maintenance. By the way, you throw car maintenance and the gasoline bill out the window when you have an electric vehicle. Yeah. Which is your next topic, which is sustainability. So billionaires think of sustainability as a way to become a billionaire. Yeah. So a lot of very high net worth people, again, they're always thinking of, you know, they don't want to have to, you know, just normal pay bills. Right. So on average, especially if you live in a sunny state, if you do not have solar panels yet, you get a 30 percent tax credit on it. The payback time of your solar panels is usually four to seven years. And if you were to equate the amount of money that you're now going to be saving on your utility bill, that would be worth at least a 15% bond. 
if you were including powering up your own electric vehicle, it could be a 20% bond. So the person, a lot of people that I know that have solar panels, their um, average electric bill is about $30, $35 a month. Amazing. And then the last one is to protect your wealth from financial predators, um, particularly mm-hmm. lately when a lot of people working from home, there were a lot of financial predators out there. What are some of the specific things people should be looking for today not to get taken? Yeah, so I think one of them is that, you know, you don't want to have people who scare you and then tell you that this is the only thing that you should do. So be careful of that. Like in our, um, you know, financial empowerment retreat, what we're teaching you about is diversification. So if you think that this or that thing is the hottest thing, look, we saw that you know, everybody saw it uh, a few years ago because fiat currency was going to go to zero that they should invest in cryptocurrency. And of course, it lost 67 percent in 20 in 2022. Right. So if you bank everything on that, you're going to lose 67 percent. Whereas if it was a hot slice when it shot the moon, if you took, you know, captured your gains, which the pie chart strategy encourages you to do, then you have capital to buy more low if that's still something you believe in. So that's number one is that don't think that there's one panacea because the truth is if the fiat system does go, you know, crashing down, you know, we're going to have a lot more troubles that are not going to be solved with, oh yeah, well I have, you know, a cryptocurrency hard wallet or I have this gold nugget or something. So yes, have some of all of this. In fact, have a hot slice. I prefer right now silver rather than gold. And it's easier to do it with a silver trust like ASLV. And oftentimes, um, by the way, when you buy coins, you have to be careful because it's like buying a new car. Sometimes you end up with something that has to increase in value to come back to even. Now, the other thing, though, I think is really important is because there's so much debt in the world. This is another reason why we really need to be contributing to our 401k, our IRA, and potentially our health savings account as well. Nobody can take that away from you. And by the way, if you get into trouble, don't drain those. Those could be your lifeboat out of the trouble that you're in. Don't drain them to to, uh, try to support an unsustainable lifestyle. you got to fix the lifestyle. And again, the problem is inflation. So a lot of people are like, well, I don't have to fix my lifestyle. The, you know, the government has to fix inflation. But the truth is, here we are. So the person that says, I'm not going to wait for the government. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to adopt a thrive budget. I'm going to stop making everybody else rich. I'm going to contribute to my own retirement plans. I'm going to protect them. I'm going to grow them. Um, You know, again, even if you had to declare bank bankruptcy, even if your home foreclosed, They cannot take the money in your retirement accounts. So it's really important to keep the money there. I just want to talk to you about the environment a little bit. We have about five minutes left here. You're very big on the environment. You've got something called Earth Gratitude. uh, And in general, been very. Are you in general optimistic that we're getting ahead of it? We're we're making major strides to improve uh, and emitting less? Or are you pessimistic that all these fires and floods and crazy weather that's going on it's, it's gone past the point of no return yeah so you know me i'm just i just like d- discussing the data so um i don't i don't know if it's beyond a point of no return but it's certainly alarming but uh, there at the same time and that's part of what earth gratitude is all about it's kind of like when we were all smokers right so we 
the the information was suppressed that smoking killed. Look, my mother had cancer and she smoked and her doctor said it was okay, right? That was back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that, you know, there's really, there's no scientific debate on whether or not there's climate change and there, the solutions are really all around us. So um, in The Power of 8 Billion, which is one of my books, go to nataliepace.com, you can download it for under five bucks. You know, not only can you learn how to reduce your personal CO2 by 30% this year, with might even increase your lifestyle rather than decrease it, that could also save you thousands of dollars annually. So again, a lot of the, all of the solutions essentially are here. It's just that, you know, we were addicted to smoking. It's kind of like that, like we're addicted to our habits and it will require changing our habits in order to get there. But, you know, people can get get on board. I mean, people are. And that's what the Earth Gratitude Project does. In fact, there's a free five episode docuseries at earthgratitude.org. You're going to be inspired because it's just projects from around the world, Africa, England, um, you know, rainforest, uh, Amazon, you know, people that are, you know, definitely keeping the rainforest for us, you know, so all, all around the regenerative farmers, um, there's uh, all kinds of projects that are going to be um, eye-opening for you. And again, if we embrace them, then who knows what's possible, right? Is that something people can contribute to, their with gratitude, or how can they actually yeah. get involved with that? Yeah, I mean, look, the the resources are free, so don't let that be a barrier to you. But of course, if you you can absolutely donate to the project, and that just helps us to keep discovering other great projects around the world and bringing them to you. So we do have, we do want to bring you more things and that will help us, of course. So it sounds like you're concerned, but you're also encouraged about all the things that are going on. Particularly the government is giving a lot of incentives for sustainability today. That seems to be making a difference as well. Yeah, I'm encouraged because the solutions are here. And the only thing that needs to change is our habits. Yes. And um, I'm concerned because um, it's easy. You, you don't have to be, li- you'd have to be living under a rock not to be. <laughs> Indeed. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Natalie Pace. Uh, you can find out more at her website, nataliepace.com. This coming weekend, October 7th through 9th, she's got an online uh, financial empowerment seminar that you can uh, uh, go to. Um, yeah. we've, we've covered uh, how to become a, a billionaire and the wealth uh, secrets of billionaires and many other topics. So I really appreciate you being on the Money Answer Show, Natalie. Thank you so much, Jordan. And remember, guys, email info at nataliepace.com with sweepstakes and money show in the subject line. We're going to give away one seat to only money show people. So please do that. Very good. Well, thanks again, and we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.